You know what Tyson, Tarek, Brett, and Jody Threat ha has in common? They all support Scumbags Wrestling. And if you buy this poster or shirt, you will, all the money goes to my charity. So please buy one. Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 122, and I want to thank you for being a part of it, whether you're listening or watching right now, should I say, on our Facebook page, Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, over on our YouTube page, Scumbags Wrestling, and our Twitch page. I greatly appreciate you being with us, and uh, hope you enjoy the show. If you want to be a part of it, send me a message. And I'll send you a link, and you can be a part of it with your thoughts and opinions as well. We're going to talk about the WWE Draft later on, along with having this week in history. I'm going to do uh, some uh, results from the past uh, little while in wrestling, and look forward to some of the upcoming events. Uh, normally, I'd be joined by uh, Stephen, but he is in transit, I guess, to work. As we said, uh, there's some issues. Uh, lovely COVID, and with his current uh, profession, uh, just all the health regulations, uh, probably driving him crazy. If he wasn't bald already, he'd probably pull out his hair. Um, but, yeah, we're going to um, soldier on and march through this. As I got some news and updates to go through before we get to uh, the WD draft that's coming up starting tomorrow. Um, just give uh, a couple of my picks of who I see going each way and, uh, yeah, we'll do that. But joining me as always from Niagara Falls is Jonesy. How are you, Jonesy? I'm pretty good. And it's great. I'm looking up because I have my camera down here, but that up there. So if I'm looking weird, that's why. Okay. So how are things in, uh, the great Niagara Falls? I'm pretty dead, actually, right now. I was down at Clifton Hill yesterday, and it is dead. It's like winter dead. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 different. It's really weird because it was like that back in April, but nothing was open. Now, I'd say eighty percent of the stuff down there is now all open, but there's no one around for it now. <laughs> So there's definitely yeah. no problem with uh, people getting COVID down here because no one's coming down here at the moment. Unlike uh, Toronto and Mississauga and Ottawa having uh, those issues, which are causing uh, a lot of uh, confusion on numbers and who can you be with, where can you go. Uh, the confusion, I believe, is is because you. it's impossible to say 
okay, everyone, you got to stay home. Nobody can work. Nobody can go out anywhere. They have to kind of go in the middle. And that's where confusion comes up. But really, it's just use your common sense. As long as you do that, you're going to be fine. Yeah, it's like even if you're uh, against the whole mask thing, do it just because, you know, somebody else around you might be paranoid and uh, concerned about their health or be uh, immune deficient somehow. And you might not be saving yourself, but you're saving somebody else. Um, So let's just dive into some of the events uh, going on uh, recently. Last night, AEW uh, did their Jericho 30th anniversary tribute show, which did not come off as a tribute show at all, in my uh, opinion. Uh, There was multiple videos sent in by different celebrities, uh, including Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, uh, Lars Ulrich, um, I believe Lance Storm did uh, something, Chavo Guerrero, uh, Ultimo Dragon, I'm trying, there's a whole bunch more that I uh, know I'm missing, but they some were even surprised he was a wrestler. Uh, I think it was the uh, some of the musicians that he knows, which you know, name dropping and stuff like that is all great, but I kind of expected a little bit more of the way they were hyping up the show, um, and thought it'd be more. Jericho centric. Uh, instead, it wasn't. We uh, started off with uh, Brian Cage against uh, Will Hobbs. And these are two big guys. And sometimes big guy versus big guy just does not work well. Uh, yeah, they're agile and stuff like that. But it's just like watching two Rams go against each other. And, you know, you see that in nature videos and they just keep on hitting each other and eventually one goes down. Didn't really do much for me. Uh, later on, they saw FTR beat Hybrid 2. There was a really big botch spot. Um, the best friends came out and challenged FTR to the tag, uh, tag team titles for next week. Uh, Cody Rhodes, or Cody, uh, challenged or was challenged by Brody Lee for the uh, TNT title. Brody was putting that up in a dog collar uh, match. They were mentioning that this is the first time in like 37 years-ish that the dog collar matches really happened, and they were uh, reflecting back to uh, Piper and Valentine, and they ended up having Greg the Hammer Valentine in attendance. Uh, Yeah, he was just there, propped up, it almost seemed like. Um, how how old how old did he uh, look? Well, he's about seventy years old now, I think. And he still uh, wrestles occasionally, does he not? Still wrestles occasionally, I think. See, and just, I'd love, I'd love. Does, you know, when, look like he is worth there. he is worth the five hundred bucks to get him to come because you know he, he he's timeless. His body isn't, but his his spirit is. Yeah, unfortunately, it looks like a manager I used to work with. Of course, that was a woman, but that's here nor there. Uh, but uh, yeah, that happened. Uh, of course, they are did doing it take hard, fifteen so minutes to warm her up? <laughs> I don't know, but they were doing uh, different uh, moves with the uh, chain. Uh, John Silver got injured. Uh, Aaron Anderson did a sprint, uh, spine buster. 
which is rare for him to do uh, different things uh, in the ring right now. He shouldn't be doing anything probably with his uh, health condition, but he pulled out a spine buster every once in a while. Both of them obviously get cut open, and I just question why blood and everything in this day and time, and especially on free TV. If you're going to do it, fine. You know, you're trying to be different than WWE, but save it for the pay-per-views where it's special, not pulling it out because, oh, we can. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, in the end, Cody ended up uh, getting the TNT title back. He had an impassioned speech at the end saying that he does it for the fans. And they wondered uh, who he was going to defend against next. Uh, plus, he mentioned that next week he was going to defend it on the anniversary show. And out came Orange Cassidy, gave the little lame thumbs up, and Cody gave him a full thumbs up. And so that was how they uh, decided that that's going to be the match for next week. Big Swall took on Serena Deeb and got the victory, but I'm still not a sold on Big Swall. I saw her at uh, the summit in Toronto uh, last summer or 2019 summer uh, during the SummerSlam weekend. And yeah, she's okay. She, I think uh, Cedric Alexander's uh, wife or, but yeah, still not doing anything for me. I don't, I'm, I get it. She's number two contender, but yeah, that division needs a lot of work um, going forward. And then of course they had the Chris Jericho, uh, ceremony or celebration type thing, but he went against Luther and uh, Serpentico uh, teaming with uh, Jake Hager, and it was a dull match. It was probably the worst uh, main event I've seen in uh, AEW history, if not the worst match I've ever seen in AEW history. Um, apparently, Dr. Luther or Luther is a huge... Uh, talent but at age 51 he's really just not impressing me i will have to go back and see some of the stuff he did before but yeah it didn't really do too much to for me to say oh chris jericho 30 years and this is awesome i don't know i'm a jericho fan but then mjf came out and gave him a picture and that part seemed really rushed at the end and they're still hinting at MJF and Jericho eventually going against each other. They brought out a clown who probably got the Judas effect after uh, getting the picture of MJF smashed over him. Just really lackluster. Um, so any thoughts on that? I I know you didn't see it, but how I described it. You know, there's too many celebrations. Uh, it used to be, you know, a celebration once in a blue. Now it's, they're always celebrating something. And like, it's one wrestler. Who gives a shit? Well, I can get it uh, because of the fact that it is uh, Jericho in 30 years and, you know, being reinventing himself all those times. I like that. But just the fact that they didn't do anything. Like, if this had been in WWE, that whole show would have been multiple times of Jericho being out there, people doing uh, different things, clips of Jericho. Yes, I know AEW doesn't have the history uh, resources that WWE has of Jericho's career, but at least do something. Like, 
the match was really lame. I would have had a way better uh, matchup for him and singles, not uh, this tag team stuff. Uh, just shelve it for one week and celebrate him properly. Should he have maybe had a match against Orin Cassidy and actually win? You know, something to either get that feud going again or, I mean, like have something on the line for him or, 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 or something, or there, there's, again, there's no point. Yeah, it just seemed really lackluster in my opinion. Uh, but this week should have been the one-year anniversary of AEW, but they did the Jericho thing, so they are bumping the one-year anniversary show to next week. Uh, and right now they have three title matches uh, set up, including FTR against Best Friends, uh, Cody against Orange for the TNT title, and Moxley defending against Archer after Archer had won the uh, Casino Battle Royal. Uh, so that's what they're setting up already. I believe there's probably going to be a few more things and celebrating one year of AEW. Um, I, what are your thoughts after one year of AEW? I'm not sure. I know you definitely watched uh, some Dark, but just in general? You know what? I, I think part of, of the issue is they bring in so many different wrestlers in, especially on dark that it's hard to get kind of a grip of where things might go. I do like the fact that they have new people on dark, but I think they should only, they should limit it to how many new people are coming every month. Uh, or again, that's like, Oh, so anybody can join the show now. Uh, but well, all in all, I, I don't. I, yeah. Whilst, why are you doing that then? Like, yeah. uh, I, me personally, I like dark, but I have no idea what it's really doing for your, for your, your show because it's not really furthering any storylines or anything. There's, it's, it's, it's like what. WCW Saturday night turned out to be near the end where it didn't really matter what was going on there. And they either need to do it as two separate shows. Um, again, you don't need storylines, but you need something to gel everything together where dark is just, you know, a whole bunch of matches. And, and again, I like it, but, uh, but do you really need 11 matches of non consequential, no. Uh, no, you you don't, and and in a way, I don't know why they don't then like release a match a day or something. So there's always new matches every single day. You can say there's always a new match every single day. You, Leading up to dynamite like, on Wednesdays. Yeah, and heck, if you're doing like you're doing eleven, twelve matches, you only need uh uh freak. Uh, five more days of matches. So you need five matches. So make six matches, actually someone important. And then the five that are every day, they're just, you know, here's someone new. Here's your tryout guy, you know, and, and, and people can vote which one they like. And then they get to actually be on the next, the actual dark. And then if they like them on that, they actually get to make a step up, you know, like a people's, a people's champion uh, that would represent, you know, I don't know something. Um, 
but the wrestling is not honestly the wrestling i think is is pretty good it's just a little sloppy uh at times but you know well, what i I'm, I'm glad it, i'm glad it's there because it's something other than the wwf product which I'm fine watching the matches, but I'd rather just turn everything on mute because I don't, as a fan, I don't give a crap what your storylines are about anymore. Just give me some some decent wrestling. Yeah, I can uh, get that. I'd rather uh, see uh, more in-ring action. Uh, my uh, big problem with AEW, unfortunately, is the lack of consistency and the fact that they said they were going to be something alternative. And mm. then... It's almost WD light. Uh, they, you know what? I think all businesses say that. You know, oh, we're something different. Well, no, you're the same thing. You're just the copy. What makes you different is inventing new mousetraps. That's what makes you different. Give something that no one else is doing, or very few are doing. But they're not. They're not doing that. It's just again after to a new fan. A lot of that stuff would be great. But as, you know, someone that's watched it for 30 some odd years, you're just like, yeah, they're you can compare it to other storylines that have happened. So I think my other complaint about AEW is the fact that they built it on these uh, guys from the elite, the Young Bucks, Cody, uh, Kenny Omega and all them even giving them uh, executive vice president positions and stuff like that. Tony Khan being a huge uh, fan of these guys, a mark, uh, but a mark with some money, so that's always good. Uh, but the hype that those guys had before coming to AEW, you would have that draw you in as, you know, Kenny Omega, the number one guy in PWI uh, 500. The seven-star matches that Dave Meltzer ends up giving him uh, d during his runs in uh, New Japan. And then you see these guys come over to and start their own business, basically. And they're almost a shell of themselves. like Because it's a different market here. But at the same time, it's almost bait and switch. Because you uh, say, oh, this company is built around these guys that are internet uh, indie darlings, essentially. And then you give something totally different. Where are those you seven know, star matches? I, yeah. You, well, I th I think again, it's they can't go out there every night and give these great matches. What I seen on the one of the last pay per views of AEW with um, ah ah the tag match. Uh, can you? No, Kenny Omega teaming up with um, what's his there. Honestly, I thought that match was pretty damn good. Was it like Kenny Omega five star quality? No, but it was definitely three to three and a half. It was a decent match, and when you consider what his position is in the company, he he can't he can't be both. You can't you can't be running things and be performing. And be hundred percent at both. You, you just, yeah, you just that, can't. That was the problem WCW had because at the same time, you had uh, people in high positions booking themselves in great positions, and I've, it's always a bad uh, thing 
to sort of do that. You need a retired uh, talent who knows the business to be leading the current generation. They need what they need is they need like a like a coach that's for a team. You can be in the office and everything. You can even participate and and be on the field, but you got to be a DH or something. You have to. Uh, and I think in a way, they've kind of done that. At least Kenny Omega has. He has his own storylines, but it's not like he's you know winning all these titles and is on like always on the main event. So I I think he's doing a pretty good job of that. I think it just people are are too critical. Where again, a place like AEW has a lot of comedy wrestling in it. Uh, I don't think it's that bad. It's just, I don't know. It's like it's like having a meal where the the burger was great, but the fries weren't great. As long as the whole meal doesn't suck, you can live with it. And to me, that's yeah. what AEW AEW is, where Trying some of it's variety. not going to be good, but some of it's really good. There's some good matches. Like on Dark, I'm sorry, you watch Dark, you're guaranteed at least to get one, two really good matches. And... Actually, in a way, when I watch Dark, it's it's almost like watching uh, indie wrestling, where you don't really know the storyline and stuff like that. You don't really care. You don't. You can miss the other stuff. You can just watch that, and that's kind of what I did with um, Saturday Night uh, WCW Saturday Night because we didn't get Nitro. Couldn't watch it until the that's I think the very to the very end, maybe the last year or two, we had access, but. Before we didn't, so I'm watching Saturday night, and I didn't need to really watch Nitro on that because they show you a clip or two, but it was mostly just about showing off some wrestlers, you know. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. So that's AEW for uh, next week, uh, their anniversary show. Three title matches uh, happening. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, adding on that. Uh, Make it a big show. Uh, looking at some other news, this past weekend, Impact had a pay per view on uh, Fight or in their uh, Impact app, uh, Victory Road, and so the Rascals defeated Triple uh, XL. Brian Myers uh, beat Tommy Dreamer. Willie Mack uh, defeated Ro- he, uh, Raju uh, by countout. Tennille Dashwood uh, beat Jordan Grace. Heath and Rhino uh, won against Reno Scum, and the uh, I guess the stipulation in there was that if they won, uh, Heath would finally get a contract with Impact. Uh, of course, we know he had one, but their storyline-wise, uh, he's one of the last guys to sign that were let go in April by WWE. Uh, Josh Alexander... Uh, beat Alex Shelley, Ace Austin, and Carl Anderson. All four of these guys had their tag team partners with them at ringside, and that's leading into uh tag team title match four-way uh, coming up at the end of the month at Bound for Glory. But they just did a singles match with the four of them. Deanna Prazo beat uh, Susie to retain the Knockouts title, and Eric Young beat Eddie Edwards to retain the Impact title. As I said, that's leading to Impact uh, Wrestling presenting Bound for Glory happening on Saturday, October 24th on pay-per-view. 
I believe also on Fight uh, TV app. And so far, Rohit Raju is going to be defending the X Division title in a scramble match featuring Chris Bay, Jordan Grace, Trey, TJP, and Willie Mack. There's also going to be the Motor City Machine Guns taking on the Good Brothers, the North, and the tag team of Ace Austin and uh, Madman Fulton uh, in a four-way tag team title match. Deanna Prazo is defending the knockout title against Kylie Ray, and Eric Young is defending the impact title against Rich Swan. So four matches, all with title uh, implications going on, and that's going to be on October 24th. The next night on October 25th is going to be WWE presenting uh, their probably their last event in uh, the Thunderdome at the Amway Center in uh, Florida, and that is going to be Hell in a Cell. Now, currently, Jay Uso is going to go against uh, his cousin Roman Reigns with the uh, Universal title on the line, and Randy Orton is going to challenge uh, Drew McIntyre yet again, and that's going to be in Hell in a Cell. I believe both those matches are Hell in a Cell uh, going to be in the cage, and there's talk that they're actually going to do a third Hell in a Cell match this time also with Bailey and Sasha because of how much their feud has gone. Uh, tomorrow night during the draft, uh, Sasha has challenged Bailey for the uh, women's title. I'm seeing it going to a non- no contest, which is going to lead to that uh, Hell in a Cell. So those are some of the events coming up. Um, Full Gear is next month for AEW, I believe November 7th? If I'm not mistaken, uh, they'll be building up to that after uh, next week's anniversary show. So, are, are they going to uh, still use the god awful red cage? Probably. Which I'm wondering with the way the Amway Center is and the Thunderdome, if every match is going to end up somehow in that uh, cage because it doesn't look like there's enough roof space to lift that cage up and down to have non. Uh, Hell in a Cell matches in it. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they work around this whole thing. But originally, that was supposed to be, I believe, November 1st. But because there's isn't, time isn't that a lar- isn't that a larger arena that they're yeah, doing but, it? The way they have uh, the Thunderdome uh, structured, they might have to lift up the. Uh, yeah, they might move some stuff back. Maybe that's why it's. Th- it kind of works out that that would be their last night. It's for the pay-per-view. They're going to move stuff around. Yeah, because uh, originally they were supposed to be there until uh, the 31st. Uh, so they'll probably do Raw and SmackDown still. Uh, uh, and they after effect of uh, Hell in a Cell. But we're still waiting to find out where they're moving to. Unless they get extended at uh, the Amway Center. But, um, yeah, that's why uh, Hell in a Cell got moved from the 1st to the uh, 25th. So looking at some of the other things, though, uh, last weekend, NXT TakeOver uh, 31. That happened on WD Network on uh, this past Sunday. Damian Priest retained the uh, NXT North American Championship over Johnny Gargano. I thought it was one of the better matches of the night. Uh, you can go back and listen to uh, Chris Maloney and I uh, on CWN uh, Review. 
Uh, we recorded that after the show, uh, and I put it up on our uh, podcast uh, stuff, so you can listen to the audio version of what uh, Chris Maloney and I talked about on that. But I thought it was one of the better matches of the night. It's definitely a way if Johnny Gargano cannot be in the main event, he might as well be curtain jerking and starting and setting the pace. Kushida uh, came out uh, doing his Marty McFly look. Uh, Velveteen Dream was doing Doc Brown, and Kushida picked up the victory in a very hard-hitting match. Uh, Kushida was uh, very aggressive in uh, the match. Isaiah Swerve Scott unfortunately lost to uh, Escobar. I thought the Cruiserweight title was going to change hands on that one. Io Shirai beat Candice LeRae. Uh, Johnny Gargano got involved, and it did, wasn't enough uh, for Candice to bring the title back home uh, to the Gargano uh, homestead. But after the uh, event, Tony Storm uh, announced that she's coming back. It was a video wall. And then after that, they, the lights turned green, and they showed the other person who was returning. And with the way Io Shirai was still in the ring, you knew it was going to be female, and in this case, it was Amber Moon. Uh, revealing that she was coming back to NXT. Uh, she had an Achilles heel injury, I believe, and must be healed up from that. And the main event had Finn Balor retained over Kyle O'Reilly of the NXT uh, championship. It was a hard-hitting uh, match between them. So hard-hitting that actually Finn Balor broke his jaw in two places. Uh, but... I, I guess also there's talk that they had to call an audible and finish it up early. So Finn ended up retaining, but he's due to be out about six to eight weeks, which isn't enough for them to take the title off him. Uh, after the uh, show ended, though, uh, Rich Holland came out with Adam Cole on his shoulder. Cole had been all beat up and he got tossed over the uh, barrier. The other two members of uh uh, Undisputed Era came out and were wondering what happened, what happened. Uh, I think they're going to be a split uh, between the Undisputed Era coming up. Uh, but they also announced, I'm not sure if you heard this one, Jonesy, that on October 28th, one of the editions uh, of uh, NXT on a Wednesday night going against AEW Dynamite will be a special Halloween Havoc edition. Uh, and it's hosted by Shotzi Blackheart. Hmm. It, that that's interesting. Using old like WCW NWA pay per view and go here. <laughs> well, WD's been doing that a little bit lately uh, as counter programming to AEW. Uh, in July, they did two weeks of NXT's uh, Great American Bash. Um, NXT, I mean, sorry, AEW countered. Uh, in January, uh, somehow Cody ended up getting the rights to using Bash at the Beach, and one of the January editions uh, of AEW was that. Uh, mm. WWE's brought back Starcade, but it's more been a house show with a one-hour uh, network special. Uh, so who knows what other events they can bring back. And You know what? Uh, with the Halloween Havoc, as long as they bring in the old and cool inflatable that I'm in. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that. And I, I can see that happening considering they did a in-your-house takeover and they uh, had the old in-your-house set 
on uh, as the entranceway for that takeover. Oh, nice. Nice. So WD is doing a little bit of nostalgia in that regards and using it with NXT. I'm okay with it to a certain extent where it's about time that after 20-some-odd years, the name Halloween Havoc is being brought back. Like, they own these trademarks. Why have they not used them beforehand instead of just being well, placed? Because it's, it's all associated with that era that day. Um, but, yeah, why don't they pull those out? Especially when you have the network. It's like... It's just some specials. I know uh, Vince has that whole, I didn't create it, so I don't use it type deal. But, you know, that's what people are clamoring for. If you look at um, the stuff, the ratings on, uh, or whatever is downloaded on the network, I bet you a lot of the nostalgia stuff is being seen. And you also look at the fact that Conrad Thompson has all these uh, different uh, podcasts with Jim mm-hmm. Ross, Aaron Anderson, uh, Eric Bischoff, Tony Schiavone, and Bruce Pritchard. They're not talking about current stuff. They're talking about nostalgia and going back in time. And they have some of the top-rated, da- most downloaded uh, podcasts in wrestling, including even Jim Cornette. And he's. they're all talking about history. And if you're... You know what? Between you and me, between you and me... You know, I tried to listen to Jim Cornette's podcast. I can't stand him. Uh, I can see why people, some people would like him, but he he swears way too much uh, for my liking. And I like Conrad and and uh, uh, Shivani. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Yeah, Jim Cornette can rub people the wrong way. I've kind of gotten into the uh, just the experience part, uh, the drive-through, uh, where it's the Q and A, and he does a review uh, thing. But I don't think I could uh, listen to both his shows. Uh, I haven't gotten into the Arn Anderson one. I love Bruce Pritchard and uh, Jr. especially. But yeah, it's that's what people want is the nostalgia. Uh, though, what let's look into current stuff running down some of the news. Uh, uh definitely not all of it, but a lot of it's going to be WD uh, based. But uh, yeah, Renee Young is going to be back doing a pre show uh, before next week's SmackDown as part of the season premiere of SmackDown. It's a they're Fox is doing a one year anniversary of them coming over, but in this case. She still works for Fox. She's not necessarily doing a WDE uh, contracted uh, thing. So I think she's even going to be doing it as Renee Paquette, not Renee Young. And they're going to have uh, Booker T with her uh, doing a hype up for the season premiere of uh, SmackDown. You know what this could be is Renee Young maybe left in a kind of an ingredients because how things are right now. Why not let Fox scoop her up and pay her damn wage and she can still do stuff for you? I mean, it's a win-win. Yeah, and she says she really got to the end of uh, what she could uh, really see herself doing in WWE. And 
if she's able to work for a legit uh, network like Fox and do more than just wrestling, she could be on the sidelines doing football or doing hockey because I know uh, she loves um, hockey, uh, Nashville Predators and stuff like that. So there's a lot of options if she were to get that job with uh, Fox permanently, like beyond wrestling. Now, now, when you say legit, don't you mean legit with Fox? Well, their their Fox News is questionable, but uh, as far as sports channels, uh, between that or ESPN, uh, she did work for the Score here in uh, Canada, yeah. so she has that experience. But on a, na- a big national stage like Fox Sports or uh, ESPN. That'd be great. You know, Jonathan Coachman got to do it too. And I think uh, Jonathan Gresham did too. Uh, anyways, WD is taking over the Twitch accounts of their superstars and going to incorporate this into their somewhat contracts, even though they're independent contractors. They're going to take the money from it and give them only a percentage of it, which I guess they don't want these. Uh, we talked about it before, the third-party uh deals and I get needing to make sure that if you're representing WD or using your WD name, they should have some sort of control over it so that they know that they're not being embarrassed. But I don't know about the whole money aspect of it because at the same time, this is them on their free time. But then again, they could be being paid by WD to work 120 five dates and because of covid they're now only working 60 dates including tvs and pay-per-views so there has to be some sort of balance i'm not sure i'm totally on board with that whole deal but that's something they need to figure out with their contracts Uh, i agree WD is still uh, looking to take the money in the bank briefcase off of Otis. I guess they realized that putting on uh, a comedy guy uh, who's in a tag team wasn't probably their best option, uh, even though they had were high on Otis beforehand and even put him in that uh, role with uh, or romance with Mandy Rose. But who knows? They're looking for a way of getting it off them and hopefully soon. Dominic Mysterio did an interview, and he said uh, that during that whole custody story with Eddie and uh, Ray, that teachers and kids at his school were even asking, who's your real dad? And he's just like, this guy, you know, Oscar, uh, you know, Ray Mysterio, that's my dad. And people didn't get that there was just a storyline and stuff like that. Um, He mentioned, though, that when Eddie, he was working there with Eddie, Eddie was always giving him candy and stuff like that. And he just kind of wished that Eddie was able to see his debut match that he had at SummerSlam, but obviously knows he wasn't able to. But it would have been uh, nice considering at the age of eight years old, he was working with Eddie Guerrero. So, so why doesn't WWE do a special cartoon where it's the ghost of Eddie Guerrero is in the crowd watching Dominic and, and helps him. Hologram? Well, I, you can hologram it or like do it like a cartoon, like a little cartoon special. Yeah. 
Uh, there's still a chance, though, that uh, he might be put uh, into a mask. Um, he finds it kind of weird because he is already out there. People know what he looks like, but uh, doing the Lucha tradition, he would be uh, given a mask, and his dad already trademarked the name Prince Mysterio because Ray means king, so he would be Prince Mysterio. So they might uh, eventually get around to doing that whole storyline. Yeah, I could see that as a as a good storyline. Yeah. Former WWE uh, diva Jazz announced that she, uh, she's retiring from the ring. She also worked for ECW and recently in the NWA. Wade Barrett, who recently returned to NXT to uh, be a commentator, said that the only match that he would be interested in doing would be against his friend Drew McIntyre. Uh, WrestleMania 37 is not going to be in L.A. after all. They were uh, doing the whole Hollywood uh, type deal. But if you look on their schedule for that uh, venue, WD is not listed during that time. And WD's been able to get out of it, especially with the whole COVID thing. Uh, California is not one of those states that are allowing people to uh, congregate in large groups. But Florida is. And uh, just this week, uh, Ron DeSantis, I believe, is the senator, one of the top guys uh, for Florida. And he's opened it up to stage three of business, which is allowing uh, places to be at full capacity. Apparently, he's told the football teams that you can bring in as many fans as you want. And won't be long until Vince takes them up on that offer and opens up the floodgates to try and get fans back in. And they've apparently agreed to bump WrestleMania 36, which was supposed to be in Tampa, to uh, make it up to Tampa and do it at WrestleMania 37. So there's bound to be some fans allowed at that event. And they're going to use the same idea that they had for last year's or this past year's uh, WrestleMania. And finally... Mustafa Ali was re, uh, revealed as the leader of Retribution. Hopefully they'll be able to explain some of that. Uh, people thought he was the hacker over on uh, SmackDown. Uh, so that would uh, give him access to turning on and off the lights type deal. And uh, Mercedes Martinez could be out of the group already because she wasn't even there this past week. Mia Yim wasn't either, but Mia Yim has changed her uh, name to uh, retaliation or something like that on uh, Twitter. And she was included in a tweet along with uh, the other guys, but everybody else, uh, Mercedes Martinez was not. So we'll see uh, this coming week what happens with uh, Ali being the leader and what goes on with retribution. Now, the last spot that I want to talk about before going to Jonesy with the this week in history is the fact that this Friday, t- tomorrow night's SmackDown, is the night one of the WWE draft. And then night two is going to be the following Monday on Monday Night Raw, October 12th. So with that being said, I was hoping that we would have had Steven here and discuss some uh, picks, 
but you can definitely send me your picks on our Facebook page or email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, any of the things running along the bottom here, and contact me with your ideas. I'll be posting something on our Facebook page and uh, continuing the discussion there. But I decided to pick five guys or five people I could see moving from Raw over to SmackDown, and that includes Kevin Owens, Aleister Black, Ricochet, Billy Kay, and Zelina Vega. Now, Raw has already gotten a bunch of people from SmackDown, but I do see some people moving still from SmackDown officially over to Raw, including AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, Big E, John Morrison, and Lacey Evans. Well, be a good move, I think, for Morrison and Big E get away from their tag teams, but they need to uh, sort of build up a tag team division as well. So hopefully some people are going to be shifted around. I know NXT has a uh, strong tag team division, especially over in the UK side of things. So maybe they'll be able to bring them over too and mix things up. But I also thought who could be brought up from NXT and put on to a main roster, even though, you know, right now NXT has been basically main rostered since getting a USA deal. But I thought Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, Chelsea Green, and Velveteen Dream could uh, see them debut on Raw or SmackDown. Now, moving from Raw or SmackDown down to NXT, I was thinking Bo Dallas, because everybody was hoping he was going to be the mystery guy showing up on TakeOver, and Chad Gable. This guy was really good with American Alpha, but after they split up that team, he's been lost in the shuffle so bad. And, yeah, Shorty G, really lame. I hope he gets moved over to uh, NXT, gets a new tag team partner maybe, and gets rebuilt somewhat like TJ Wilson or Tyson Kidd did, and even Cesaro and a couple others uh, in the past, and even Finn Balor has moved down to lift up that brand and himself and not get lost in a shuffle. So those are my ideas for who could move tomorrow night and Monday on the draft uh, presentations. Didn't want to go through the whole roster and go, oh, this person, this person, this person. But those are my five uh, floating both ways. Give me your thoughts. As I said, I'm going to post it on our Facebook page and uh, make it a discussion uh, thread. So hopefully you can uh, join in and we'll uh, have a great uh, discussion leading into tomorrow night. Which, though, as we wrap up this episode, brings me to Jonesy. And this week in history, take it away. All right, this week in history, we're going to... For the first date here, we're going to try something new. There'll be a few questions in here, and Sean, you can see how uh, quickly you can answer these ones. Okay. They, be, they will not be hard, or not too hard. So we're going to start with we're going to start with October 2nd, uh, 27 years ago today, Eastern Championship Wrestling presented NWA Bloodfest Part 2. In the main event, Sabu defeated Shane Douglas to win the NWA ECW Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Public Enemy, Grunge, and Flyboy Rocky Rock, Rocco Rock defeated Ian and 
Axel Rotten and Bad Company, Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka in a three-way steel cage match. Um, the question is, um, Tommy Dreamer made his ECW at that event and lost to this guy who was also his ECW event, uh, sorry, ECW um, debut. Was it A, the Tasmaniac? Was it B, Tajiri? Was it C, the Blue Meanie? Or was it D, none of the below? Uh, let's go with the Tasmaniac. Sir, you are one for one. All right, let's continue. 21 years ago today, Psychosis is awarded the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Lenny Lane, the champion at the time, was pulled from WCW programming due to the controversial gay character. 21 years ago today, WWF presented the UK exclusive Rebellion Birmingham, England. Um, question time. Who is the person who booked the show? Hint. This was his last WWF event he would book. What year is that? Uh, that would have been, let's say, between 97, 99. Well, I'll give you a couple of the matches that were there. We had uh, Edging Christian defeat the Acolytes, uh, Fruk and Bradshaw, and the Hollies, Hardcore and Crash, in a triangle match. And uh, the main event, which also has a question attached to it, Triple H versus The Rock in the steel cage match for the WWF Championship. So there's that your, one, was that one of uh, Russo's last uh, events? That that would be Russo's last. Yes. So you're two for two. Now the question on the Triple H versus The Rock in the steel cage match for the WWF Championship: um, Did Triple H win or lose that match? I'm going to say he ended up uh, losing that match. No, he actually won that match and retained the WWF Championship. So you are two for three. All right. Uh, 20. Why is it? Okay. It's only showing me one page. Um, 20 years ago on Nitro from San Francisco, Booker T defeated Jack Jarrett to win. And you're going to have to give me a second because I don't know why. But my PDF only has one page on it when there's a lot more. So I just have to open that file, which will just take us a quick second, and then we'll just continue on with the history. Okay, so while then, he's opening that. Here I we go. Go ahead. Yeah, I opened it. While so he's opening ahead. that and getting uh, everything back organized, uh, just want to remind people that we still have those uh, T-shirts and the posters on sale with the great logo that was designed by Nigel Lewis of NCL Studios. It has 22 stars of the uh, independent wrestling scene. As you saw at the beginning of the show, uh, Stephen Spice was wearing that shirt. It's comic book style. And as he said, if you purchase your shirts or posters, the money uh, raised from them is going to go to Kiri Model Formation Research at SickKids Hospital. So if you want a shirt for $30 or a poster for $15, they're 11 by 17 you can contact me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. I accept e-transfers, and I might even deliver it to you personally, depending on where you are. Ooh. So back to this weekend. <clears throat> okay, so 
Okay, we're still on October 2nd. Uh, 20 years ago today on Nitro from San Francisco, Booker T defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the vacated WCW World Heavyweight Championship in a San Francisco 49ers match. Remember, Russo won the belt on Nitro, so he could vacate it for that. 14 years ago today on Raw, Jeff Hardy defeated Johnny Nitro to win the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Uh, 13 years ago, John Zena uh, was diagnosed with a torn right pectoral muscle and had to vacate the WWE Championship belt. The tear occurred during a botched hip toss in a match with Mr. Kennedy from the previous night. <clears throat> so here's the question. What pay-per-view did Zena make his return at? That would be the Royal Rumble. And there you go. You're three for four. Very good. And I believe that was the last question there. Oh, no, there is one more. Ooh, how nice. Uh, so nine years ago, uh, the Hell in the Cell uh, was featured. The first three-way Hell in the Cell match in company history. Uh, Mark Henry defeated Randy Orton in the Hell in the Cell to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. Beth Phoenix defeated Kelly Kelly to win the WWE Divas Championship. And uh, Alberto Doria... Del Rio defeated Sam Punk and John Cena in this type of match. What type of match was it, John? It wasn't a uh, street fight? No, it was a Hell in the Cell match. Uh, <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're, you're three for five. Uh, eight, eight years ago, uh, WWE taped the first uh, episode of the main event. Uh, in the featured bout, WWE champion uh, CM Punk defeated world heavyweight champion Sheamus in a champion versus champion non-title match. What was the point of that? Uh, today would have been the 54th birthday of Rodney Agatopu and Noah, uh, best known to wrestling fans as Yokozuna. Now, is that a Noah or Noe or Noai? Anawani. And see, Anawani. Wow, that's a hard one. Um, <clears throat> But, of course, uh, best known to wrestling fans is Yokozuna. Uh, he was born in San Francisco. Uh, that guy, uh, <laughs> Rodney, grew up in the famed wrestling family and was trained by his uncles, the Wild Samoans. Uh, he wrestled in Japan and Mexico. He entered the AWA as Coquina Maximus. Uh, and uh, That guy is an AWA lawyer for breaking the leg and ending the career of Greg Gagne. Uh, he was 34. Uh, the question is, what was Rodney's wrestling name in Japan and Mexico? Was it A, Fatu Extra Large, B, The Great Flaba, C, The Great Kokina, or D, The Great Max? The Great Kokina. There you go. And I listened your to uh, Grill and JR. <clears throat> okay, cool. So you're four and six, you passed, you did great. One of them was a little tricky question, but, you know, that's why I did it, because it's funny. Uh, so here we go. We're going to move on to October 3rd. 35 years ago today, WWF taped the second edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. Uh, the show featured the wedding of Un Uncle Elmer. Hulk Hogan defeated Nikita Koloff. Of Volkov, I'm really messing up, to retain the WWF Championship. Andre the Giant and Tony Atlas defeated Big John Studd in King Kong Bundy via disqualification. Fifteen years ago, uh, WWE presented Raw Homecoming. This was WWE's return to its original cable home, the USA Network, after five years with Spike TV. Of note, this was the 
first ever three-hour episode of Raw. That was 15 years ago. Also of note, Stone Cold uh, Steve Austin stunned the entire McMahon family on that event. Uh, Edge defeated Matt Hardy in a Money in the Bank ladder match. And as a result, Matt Hardy was kicked from the Raw roster. Uh, Ric Flair and Triple H defeated Carlito and Chris Masters. A post-match, uh, Triple H turned on Ric Flair, shattering the last ties of evolution. Uh, seven years ago today, WWE signed Lee Van Dale to a WWE developmental uh, contract. Van Dale was a former cheerleader for the Los Angeles Lakers and New England Patriots. She is a second-generation wrestler, as her father, Paul Van Dale, was an enhancement talent for the WWF in the 90s. Today, you may know her as... Carmella. Excellent. All right. Uh, five years ago today, WWE presented live from Madison Square Garden. The event was Brock Lesnar's first match in the building in 10 and a half years when he left WWE following WrestleMania 20. It was also the 25th anniversary of Chris Jericho's professional wrestling debut. It's a happy, which doesn't go with four years. Uh, actually, wait, five years ago, yeah, 25th. Yeah, so it does. Okay, never mind. It's a happy 37th birthday to John Randall Hennigan, known as Johnny Nitro, then John Morrison, then Johnny Mundo, blah, blah, blah. The Los Angeles-born uh, Hennigan is uh, best known for his time in WWE, which began after he had won Tough Enough 3 in 2002. His first notable appearance came as Johnny Blaze, an assistant to Raw General Manager Eric Bischoff. He eventually adopted the name Johnny Nitro, complete with this theme. He came down to this theme. Do you remember the theme that uh, Johnny Nitro would come down to? The old WCW Nitro theme. Excellent. Oh, there you go. And see how easy it is to get trivia questions out of this stuff. Um, it would have been uh, an 81 birthday to Joseph Melton James, a.k.a. Bullet Bob Armstrong. He had served in the United States Marine Corps and was stationed in Korea. After leaving the military, James worked as a firefighter. Uh, while bench pressing a dumbbell in a gym in Georgia, the bench Armstrong was on broke and the weight severely damaged his nose. It was almost torn off completely off. Uh, while undergoing plastic surgery, Armstrong would don a mask and begin using the ring name The Bullet, even after his recovery when Armstrong ditched the mask, then nickname stuck, and that's how he got the name The Bullet. Uh, Armstrong would train and tag with his four sons, Joseph, who wrestled uh, and referees as Scott, Robert, who wrestled as Brad. Uh, he died November 2012. Stephen Bryan, Bryan, of course, uh, Road Dog. Uh, Armstrong went into semi-retirement in the 90s, appearing occasionally at events in Georgia and Alabama and serving as the commissioner of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He also worked for the Continental Wrestling Federation and Southeast Championship Wrestling, the two-time NWA Southern Heavyweight Championship, uh, sorry, champion and winner of over 60 regional championships, most of them uh, in the NWA affiliates was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2011. He died shortly before his 81st birthday. October 4th. 
Uh, 45 years ago, a big one, a twin-engine Cessna 310 plane, plane heading to uh, Legion Stadium in Wilmington, North Carolina, from Charlotte, uh, piloted by Vietnam War veteran Joseph Michael Farkas, uh, Carrie Rick Flair, David Crockett, uh, Bob Ruggers, Tim Woods, and Johnny Valentine. Uh, to lighten the plane's heavy load, the plane... Uh, the pilot chose to dump fuel instead of redistributing weight through the plane. The choice proved costly as the plane ran out of gas, sank from about 4,000 feet, and crashed just 100 yards short up the runway, uh, missing a nearby water tower. Uh, the injuries. David Crockett suffered a head and arm injuries and lost two teeth. Uh, Bruggers, Valentine, Woods, and Flair all suffered back injuries. Uh, Woods also suffered a concussion and bruised ribs. Uh, Bruggers would undergo back surgery and have a steel rod inserted in his spinal column and decided to retire. Apparently, he could have still wrestled, but he chose that that was enough. Uh, Flair's back was broken in three places and returned to the ring uh, just eight months later. And that's why he does land the way he does, because uh, to protect that uh, back of his. Uh, Valentine perhaps suffered the worst. In addition to his broken back, a bone fragment uh, became embedded in his spinal column. A uh, clamp would need to be inserted to hold the bones in his back together, rendering Valentine paralyzed and confined to a wheelchair for the remainder of his life. Uh, Farkas also suffered back injuries and went into a coma. He never came out of it succumbing to his injuries just two months later. He was only 28. Uh, 38 years ago in Charlotte, North Carolina, Sergeant Slaughter defeated Ricky Steamboat in the finals of a tournament to crown the new NWA United States champion. Uh, the tournament was commissioned when Wahoo McDaniel was forced to vacate the title due to injuries suffered by... Do you know who it was by? No. All right, that's okay. That doesn't count because I didn't give you no clues, but Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, I should have said when suffered by... He likes forks. Um... 21 years ago on Nitro from Kansas City, Disco Inferno defeated Psychosis to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. On that same show, Bret Hart defeated Chris Benoit in what was billed as a tribute match to the late Owen Hart. This was Bret's first bout since his brother's passing back in May. Um, one thing about uh, Chris Benoit that I will say is I will always say his name because uh, I can separate his wrestling history from his real life and to me that's why i say chris benoit's name because i'm referring to the wrestler not what became of him uh 15 years ago today wwe presented hell in a cell which featured three hell in the cell matches uh the undertaker defeated cm punk in a hell in the cell match to win the world heavyweight championship orton defeated xena uh in a hell in a cell match that one actually took 21 minutes and 24 uh, DX, uh, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels defeated The Legacy, Cody Rhodes, and Ted DiBiase in a tag team Hell in a Cell match. And it's a happy 72 birthday to former uh, WWE president and CEO, born Linda Edwards. She was an only child in a military family. Oh, I lost my spot. Darn you, cat. Uh, in North Carolina, she met her future husband, Vince McMahon, at age 13 and got married to him shortly after her high school graduation in 66. Linda worked for a corporate law firm in the D.C. area. In 79, Vince founded Titan Sports, and Linda worked at the Cape 
Cod Coliseum cooking sandwiches for the attendees at the event. Linda was brought along for administration purposes and her knowledge of intellectual property rights eventually made her a valuable asset. Uh, negotiation of the company's first toy line in 1984, expanding the audience of the product and the WWF television deal in 2000. Linda would become the WWF's president in 93 and CEO in 1997. In 2009, McMahon stepped down from her post as WWE CEO to run for the United States Senate, which failed twice. Uh, now she is currently working with the Trumpster in some sort of passion. Last I heard that she had something to do with his campaign. Uh, so she's got a big battle there. October 5th, 2023 years ago today, Brian Pillman uh, was unfortunately found dead in a hotel room in Bloomington, Minnesota, just hours before WWF Bad Blood. He was just 35 years old. On the same day as Pillman's death, WWF presented Bad Blood in Your House, which featured the very first Hell in a Cell match, which Shawn Michaels won over The Undertaker uh, due to the debut of Kane. Uh, Vince announced the death of Pillman and was the final pay-per-view of McMahon as the WWF's lead commentator. Uh, also on the card, Owen Hart defeated Farouk to win the vacant WWF IC uh, championship, and it was vacated because Owen Hart uh, accidentally broke uh, Austin's neck. So that's kind of how uh, that happened. 21 years ago today, at a SmackDown taping in Uniondale, New York, Dare Drostoff uh, was seriously injured following a botched powerbomb by D'Lo Brown. Uh, Darren Wood suffered two fractured discs in his neck as a result of landing on his head, an injury that initially left him a quadriplegic. Uh, 20 years ago today... Annabelle Gonzalez Hernandez, best known as Juventud Guerrera, was arrested following an incident at a hotel lobby in Australia. Yes, it's another arrest story from the files of Juventud Guerrero. Um, Guerrera, sorry. He was charged with three counts of assault, disorderly conduct, obstruction, and drug possession, and two accounts of assaulting police. He only reserved a th uh, received a $3,000 fine. He avoided jail time because it was proven he was the sole supporter of his family. He was released by his employer, WCW, very shortly after that. 18 years ago today, ROH presented uh, Glory by Honor from the Murphy Recreation Center in Philadelphia. Uh, 16 years ago today, at a SmackDown taping in Boston, Massachusetts, Carlos Colon uh, Jr., a.k.a. Carlito, made his WWE television debut and defeated John Cena to win the WWE United States Championship. Uh, 11 years ago... People who don't want to be cool. Yes, that's right. I, You know what? If I would have thought if I had an apple, you know, maybe I could have spit some stuff at the computer, but... That gets a little messy. <clears throat> it does get a little messy. Uh... 11 years ago today on Raw uh, from uh, Pennsylvania, The Miz defeated Kofi Kingston to win the WWE United States Championship. Uh, six years ago today at a Lucha Underground taping in Los Angeles, Prince Puma defeated Johnny Mundo in Aztec Warfare to become the first Lucha Underground champion. Uh, October 6, 23 years ago today, WWF's Raw is War gets stomped in the ratings by WCW Nitro, but the WWF show uh, does create the bigger impression with a pair of controversial moments. In one segment, uh, Jim Cornette shoots on WCW, 
In another segment, Vince McMahon interviewed Melanie Pillman, a widow just the day after her husband Brian was found dead in his hotel room. The interview segment would include asking the widow Marlene, Marlena, um, how she was going to support her kids. The interview won a Wrestling Observer Award for Most Disgusting Promotional Tactic. Uh, 17 years ago today, Robert James Gino Morella, best known to wrestling world, uh, to the wrestling world as Gorilla Monsoon, died of heart failure brought on by complications of diabetes in his home in Willingboro Township, New Jersey. He was 62. Interesting uh, tidbit about uh, Morella. He worked in construction. Uh, one of the buildings he helped construct was the Rochester War Memorial, where he's now a part of the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, 13 years ago in Edison, New Jersey, Naga, uh, Nigel McGuinness defeated Ta Takishi Morishima to win the ROH World Championship. It's a happy 56th birthday to Dixie Carter Salinas. Born in Dallas, Carter graduated from the University of Mississippi in 1986 with a Bachelor's of Business Administration and worked as an intern for advertising firm Levison & Hill and at just age 32 became the firm's vice president. Three years prior, she started her own business in Nashville, focusing on sports and music. Uh, she bailed... Uh, she bailed TNA out when its primary financial backer had some legal issues. Uh, her parents, who owned uh, Panda Energy out of Dallas, purchased 71% stake in TNA for $250,000. Its company name changed from J Sports and Entertainment, and it would be changed to TNA Entertainment. I wonder if they you know, regret doing that deal. Uh, probably. But now it's owned by Anthem out of uh, Toronto. Yes, that's right. Uh, August 7th, 46 years ago today, Olympic wrestler Ken Patera, the four-time national weightlifting champion and third-place finisher in the 77 World Strongest Man competition, uh, announces his retirement from Olympic uh, weightlifting and goes on to a meta... Oh, my God. Um Moderately, wow, that's a hard one. Uh, not, not, not to actually. I know what it means, but to say, ow, uh, successfully wrestling career, winning the WWF Intercontinental Championship and the NWA Missouri Heavyweight Championship in 1980, and the AWA World Tag uh, Championship twice, and was voted Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Most Hated Wrestler in '77 and '81. And that actually a little surprised me. I didn't, I didn't think. Ken Patera was ever really a bad guy, but uh, apparently he was. So I might watch a couple matches when he was a bad guy to see how uh, that looked. Uh, 30 years ago today, Rock and Robin uh, defeated Sensational Sherry to win the WWF Women's Championship. Uh, she would be the final champion before the title was deactivated in 1990. Uh, of course, in 93, the belt made a return with a la-ha-ha -ha with a London <laughs> Do you want to finish this story? Because there's a lot to it. Well, I was going to ask you, yeah, who is uh, Rock and Robin related to? Oh yes, Rock and Robin. Uh, I, uh, I've, I've been told this before. I want to, I want to say Jake the Snake. She is the sister of Jake the Snake Roberts oh, and there you go. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. <coughs> 
Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, so uh, of course in 93 the belt made a return with the London Blaze, then again it was deactivated when it was trashed, but it came back in 95 with Jacqueline, then changed to the WWE Women's Championship belt. McCool were the last to hold the belt in May 2010, though McCool was unofficially a co-champion and defended the belt in place of Layla. In 2010, uh, McCool defeated Melina to unify the Women's Championship with the WWE Divas Championship, which briefly became known as the Unified WWE Divas Championship. <sighs> so... 22 years ago today, public uh, enemy uh, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge uh, defeated the Gangsters, New Jack and Mustafa. Um, do you remember what New Jack and Mustafa used to do? Except, you know, New Jack stabbed people, but I'm not sure what Mustafa did. Um, no. And Raven and Stevie Richards, uh, who just won the tag belts in a previous match that night against the Pitbulls, in a three-way dance to win the ECW World Tag Team Championship for the fourth time. Uh, you know, I don't like it when they do a kind of that, especially when it's in the same building. It's kind of like, it seems almost like you've been robbed because to see it change hands is cool, but twice it's kind of like, eh. In the same night, I don't know. I, I, if it was, a say, like a WrestleMania that could have happened at 10, I'd say that would be fine. But uh, anyways, uh, 21 years ago today on Raw is War, the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal, defeated the Godwins to win the WWF Tag Team Championships. And 17 years ago today, Chris Adams was shot and killed during a drunken brawl with a friend at his home in uh, Waxy Ahoochie. Waxahoochie, Waxaheshi, that's a hard one to say, Texas. Uh, he was 46, and it's a happy 32nd birthday to uh, Chelsea Bonin, best known to wrestling fans as, or maybe Celeste, is he so Celeste? Or oh, I, Celeste. I, think it, I think it's Celeste, yeah. <laughs> uh, I pre-read uh, most of this, but uh, oh wow, I'm having trouble tonight with them? My 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 mouth is like, oh, it's awful. I'm drinking tons of water here. Uh, 42 years ago today in Dallas, Texas, Evelyn Stevens defeated the fabulous Moolah to win the NWA Women's uh, World Championship. Evelyn short two days back to Moolah. Uh, Reign is recognized by NWA, but not by the WWE. The championship was sold to the then WWF by Moolah in 1983. Did you know that Moolah sold the belt to the WWF? That's where it came from. Kind of cool. Yeah. 29 years ago uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, the York Foundation, Richard Morton, Tommy Rich, and Terrence, uh, Terrence Taylor defeated Big Josh, Dustin Rhodes, and Tom Z-Band Zink to win the WCW Six-Band Tag Team Championship. Uh, the trio would be the last six-man champions as the belts were abandoned a month later. 19 years ago today on Raw from Indianapolis, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Kurt Angle to win the WWF Championship for the sixth time. On the undercard, the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, defeated Booker T and Test to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. 15 years ago today in Tokyo, uh, Japan, Brock Lesnar defeated uh, Kazuki Fajita and... Um, Shashiro Chono in a three-way match to win the IWGP 
Heavyweight Championship. Uh, 14 years ago today, WWE presented No Mercy. The show featured the much-hyped debut of MBP. 13 years ago today in Tokyo, Japan, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated uh, Yuji Nagata to win the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And eight years ago today, WWE Hall of Famer Tammy Lynn Cinch, uh, this is a great story too, was arrested again and charged with violating a protective order, disorderly conduct, and criminal mischief after police were called to the home of her boyfriend, Damien uh, Darling. Uh, this would be her fourth arrest in a month after being arrested on three consecutive days in September. She was released on a $25,000 bond and arrested again the next day on one count of third-degree burglary and three counts of violating a protective order. That's five arrests in about a month. And she get got another one in January. So way That's to go. Hard. That's, you know, her and Hoovertude and some of them. Wow. Can have a contest of who, who, who got the most, you know, wrestling shit. And uh, to finish it all off, it is a happy 36th birthday. I believe it's 36. I might not have adjusted that. He might be 40. I think he's 40, maybe. Um, to, to The Miz. 40. 40. So it is 40. I just didn't... Yep. Uh, Correct that. Which are of the day. All right. And I know I missed uh, Rhinos in there. It was the like a day or two ago, I believe. Yep. So, so it's all good. there you go. There's uh, some history. Uh, I, I, you know, I love, I love the ones when it comes up with the arrests and all that stuff. That's some fun shit. So once again, another uh, info pack uh, this week in history. Um, we definitely, as I said last week's episode, we need to sit down and figure out how to put this into a uh, separate episode where we can dive deeper into a couple of the topics and then skip through some. Uh, I think there's some uh, meat on the bone to be uh, had fun with. It's just uh, getting the timing uh, down and doing it. But thank you once again for uh, this week in history. Is there anything else coming up with you uh, as far as the trivia show goes, uh, plans? Well, you know, that I, I think for, for me, perhaps mixing this with that um, is kind of, uh, uh, I think, a possibility there uh, instead of just because, again, a game show is better if you can do it live. So combining that with it, and it is a lot of work to do all the questions where this is not as bad doing it. Uh, And then going through it and then coming up with the questions is, uh, I think, doable. At least once a month, I could do it to one of the weeks or I could do it for the whole month or something, you know, so. Sounds like fun. Uh, So, yeah, we'll figure uh, something out. Content is always great because uh, there's always something for everybody. Maybe uh, news isn't the thing for uh, people who aren't watching the current product, but the nostalgia buffs love the uh, history and could do great with uh, trivia. So we'll find a niche for everybody. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament that happened uh, last night on our YouTube channel. Uh, you're... Maloney, uh, Chris Maloney, uh, joined uh, Chris Jones and I 
last night for that. We ran down 16 of the greatest heel turns in uh, wrestling history. So not so great, but rememberable. Uh, but we did uh, come up with 16 in that regards. And this next Wednesday, we're going to do greatest face turns. There's some uh, really big ones uh, to look at and, you know, some remember wounds as well. Anything you uh, can see coming up on that one that uh, people should uh, tune into, Chris? You know, I can't remember all the, the, the matchups for that, but because uh, I was I was thinking one of them might actually top the NWO Hogan one. Uh, and I can't remember which one it was, but because I was I was thinking now which which one will probably win out of all those, yeah. and which one has the best chance against uh, uh, that one? Well, some of the contenders that we have uh, coming up on uh, Wednesday's episode, including uh, the Mega Powers forming, Undertaker saving Miss Elizabeth, Austin not giving up in the uh, Sharpshooter at WrestleMania 13. So part of the double turn that happened there, CM Punk's pipe bomb, the reuniting of Savage and Elizabeth, Hogan's face, uh, I guess, somewhat turn, uh, but just the way the fans turned them at WrestleMania 18, uh, Jericho making the list of KO, Virgil spelling the man being V-I-R-G-I-L, and... Uh, Randy Orton thumbs up, thumbs down. Batista thumbs down to uh, Triple H, and of course the boss man cannot be uh, paid off. So there's a few more in there. Sixteen in total next Wednesday. You know that that it's possible the the you know the Savage one because that kind of put a nice little bow on everything. Uh, there was lots of stuff afterwards, and then it kind of got, you know, I like to kind of, once that happened and they had the marriage, to me, that was that was it in the WWE. You know, then, he, you know, he won the belt from Flair and all that. But once he went to WCW, they basically kind of went back in time and Elizabeth turned on him and all this other garbage. So to me, well, I, they weren't I married kind of, then. yeah, but I kind of. To me, I kind of ignore that, but the the how they ended, they let Warrior win, but they let Macho Man have a big moment like that. I think it's it it, it was one of those ones. Yeah, it sucks that Savage lost, but it still was really good, especially that you know he was able to come back uh, wrestling. Eventually, uh, they worked that in, so it was a good way to give the guy a break and a really a great just a great storyline and it was in a I don't know if it was expected to happen then because again the internet wasn't really strong at that point so I'm not sure if people knew that was going to happen or because I think they might have interviewed Elizabeth a week before that match perhaps uh, but uh, that was one of those ones that they, it was you know Back then, you didn't get to see a lot of old characters return for a big thing like that, especially when it's a non-wrestler uh, like Elizabeth yeah. was. Because uh, really, me, Elizabeth, was useless, but she also wasn't a part and part of the Macho Man. 
his story. So to see her there and everything, that 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 was kind of cool at the time. Now, you know, I don't care, but uh, at the time, that was that was pretty. Yeah, and and I'm, a, I'm a huge yeah. mark for Randy and Elizabeth, so uh, that will be a tough one to uh, not see go to the finals if it doesn't make it. Um, but yeah, Chris as long Williams, as it doesn't go uh, up against like Virgil or something, it'll be fine. <laughs> Chris Maloney will join us on uh, Wednesday for that, and I hope everybody else does too. I want to thank you for being a part of this show. Uh, those who are watching us right now live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, thank you. And those who are not, please join us uh, when we do go live. But thank you for listening to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks to Anchor uh, for hosting us and spreading it around the world. So until next week, we'll uh, check out of here. And I wish you guys a good night. Let's play that. La da 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 da. I think it's still on.